Sometimes, the best parts of festivals are the discussions that surround them, reflections on what we did and heard, anticipation of what's to come, and processing what it all means in relation to our spiritual work. We wanted to help either introduce you to that phenomenon, or extend it for you. That's what this is about. I'm Rev. Jana Vende. And I'm Rev. Michael J. Day. We're priests of Arnery Octophane and members of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. We're recording these sessions actually live in cars, actually going to festivals and events, so you will hear road noise, turn signals, and navigation prompts, but that's part of what makes it fun. So, sit back and enjoy, druids. In cars. Going to festivals. Hi, I'm Reverend Jana Vende, and I'm here at the Western Clergy Retreat with Reverend Lauren Mart, Reverend Sarah Blackwelder, Reverend Melissa Ashton, and Reverend William Ashton. Um, and one of the things that that kind of identifies priests is this idea of a vocation and like we have to write about it when you apply for ordination you have to talk about things like what calls you to be a priest and what do you want to do um, and so we each kind of have different experiences with that from not feeling like we have a vocation at all to feeling like we definitely know what we're doing to having the feeling of its shift or just discovering what it is there's just a lot of different ways to interact with this idea of vocation. Okay, since I was the one most excited about this topic, I guess <laughs> I'll, I'll share. Um, so, you know, I just finished the second circle of the clergy training program. Um, and so before I, I filled out um, the, the questions for the, the consecration portfolio, I went back and reread everything that I wrote for my ordination portfolio. Um, a, wow, that, was, that just feels like a lifetime ago. Um, you know, writing about your vo- about what your vocation is before ordination, I think, is a very premature exercise. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, because after you are ordained and you start doing the work, like I, I really felt my work shift probably about a year or so in when I really finally st- started to see my path focus more. Um, you know, and it's it was it was quite a, a journey, and I. I'm glad that I was around enough folks who understood and helped me to understand that it was a fluid thing and that you didn't have to like stick your flag in the ground and be like, this is my vocation and this is where it shall be. You were able to, to float through that and just to grow and change and, and have it be a living, breathing part of you becoming who you're meant to be. Um, so that's been, it's, it's been quite a journey. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think it's trying to write the why are you called to be a priest part in that ordination portfolio is yes you can have a call but that's that's just the kick that gets you on the start of that path Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily the thing that drives you once you're there um yes Yes. yeah absolutely because I mean when when they asked me what my vocation was I am I am by a lot the newest ordained priest here Um, I was only ordained about two months ago and I talked a lot about why I was called to be a priest, but what my vocation as a priest is, is a thing that, I mean, like, I have kind of an idea, like... I know the things I'm good at. I know the things I'm I'm good at, what I want to do, but, like, (laughs) do do I know for sure that my vocation is in one direction or another? No, because so much, I've had so much spiritual upheaval 
just in the last two months since my ordination and things changed very rapidly leading up to it and then things have changed rapidly again in the process of coming out of that experience mm -hmm. and so uh, calling and vocation are definitely two different things yeah, yeah. yes for sure. Yeah, and I think I think one of the big things about vocation is that like yes, we have we all have these like lists of things that we're good at as priests. But just because you're good at it doesn't mean that that's your vocation because your vocation is the thing that fills you up so that you can continue doing the work. It's the thing that that flows back into you in addition. So it 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 might be something that starting out you might not be terribly good at, I think. Um, you might have a vocation for, I mean, it's kind of hard because i got to work off what I know, but <laughs> you might have a vocation um, for education, like for helping people learn stuff and not be terribly good at that. But if that's what fulfills you, you're going to get better at it by doing it and be able to give back more it's like this cyclical flow i think your vocation is very much not only about what drives you but it's the thing that drives you that also fulfills also you feeds you back yeah it has to feed you it's if it's a self-sustaining cycle and you're not you're not drained or empty at the end of doing that work right right if it doesn't feed you it's it's that's not your food it, yeah <laughs> if it doesn't feed you that's not your food if it doesn't it might be something that you enjoy doing it might be something that is needed in your community, but if it doesn't feed you, it's probably not your vocation. I think that's one of the things that was, that's was that been hard for me is because um, a lot of people assumed and expected my vocation to be musically related or, or related to bardic arts, and it's kind of the opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that was, you know, trying to break free of other people's boxes they put me in um, was part of me finding my own voice as a priest, just being able to say, no, yes, those are things I enjoy, and those are things of part of who I used to be, and those will continue to be part of who I am, but that's not the thing that feeds me the most. I do get something out of it. For, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not getting anything out of it. It's just it has shifted quite a bit, and before I was ordained, music was how I got my food. Um, and now it is part of how I bring joy to people, and it does give me some f fulfillment, but it's it's more draining than some of the other things that I do. Yeah, I mean, mine is, it, there's a subtle difference. Like, I, I, going into ordination, I expected my vocation to be education and children's programming. Like, that's fully what I expected it to take. And it's shifted, there's still, there's still the education aspect, but it's more specifically mentoring mm -hmm. is like very much what my vocation is. And it's mentoring other priests, it's mentoring other initiates, it's mentoring people coming up on those paths. It's mentoring people who aren't part of ADF, but are working on finding what fulfills them spiritually. Um, it's it's that, that mentoring aspect of helping people find what works for them and feeds them is what feeds me. Yeah. Whereas for me, when I first started, I knew, I mean, my what I was doing in Florida was what I was doing. That was my vocation. It was to serve the group there, to do the work I was doing. And I was also still working on the board of the church as treasurer. 
and that was very much something that gave me happiness and fulfillment was to be able to make that all flow well and to work and then life started happening and everything changed I went from married and living in Florida to not married and living in Colorado <laughs> in the span of the you know three and a half years that I've been ordained and it was with all of life as I had known it unraveling it also left my vocation as a big unknown mystery and I still don't even know what it is at this point yeah and I think that's that's okay I think our vocations shift and change over time and sometimes it takes a while to find them and it's just all part of that process and I, I feel like that's okay I know I had a big shift um, invocation when I was consecrated as well like I had I had more education less mentoring and I was very locally focused when I was an ordained priest it was my local community and the things that I could give back there and then once I was consecrated it's like <laughs> it was literally like adding a second circle like adding a ripple out mm -hmm. and so it was yes I still had my local community but it also stretched out to like the wider ADF community. And so it was more broadly focused education and mentoring of a lot of different people that I hadn't ever met. Yeah. Um, and so like my whole, my world expanded um, with consecration and I wasn't just locally focused. And so that's something that I've still been, you know, a, a year and some change out from that have still been getting used to yeah. um, and, and settling into that. Uh, I approach the idea of vocation as a calling and to answer someone's call you have to surrender to something you have to surrender to usually your own ego and your own ideas of what that call is going to look like you just have to answer uh, so vocation voice uh, the calling is not from within you it's not what you want to do like what you want to do then you're listening to the voice that is yourself voice if you're listening to the voice that is the kindreds, that's another voice, as it were. If you could listen to the voice of the people. So it depends on what radio station your uh, priest radio, as it were, is tuned into. And that's, you heed that call. I mean, it's a call to action. And when you step up to it, you embrace your vocation. The first step is from layperson to answer that first call, right? Mm -hmm to step into that role and then you get the amplified radio right you go from am to fm and you're like wow this is amazing and you're like oh holy shit <laughs> i can really hear these different things coming in from different areas and if i tune into this then that's the voice that's the vocation that i am in you know I, my vocation is the willingness to accept the call and different people call for different reasons it sounds pretty zen, but I went to a Buddhist-inspired school. <laughs> so Would you say that your vocation still feeds you? Like, is it fulfilling to you? The fact that I'm doing work that's meaningful, that people receive as meaningful, is meaningful to me. Uh, if I were doing something that, that I didn't find meaningful, that people didn't appreciate when it was done, be like, wow, without you, like, this could not have been, right? Uh, like that kind of work fulfills me and it doesn't matter what that work is I could be turning screws because if someone comes up and says wow without you turning that screw this whole thing would just fall apart I'm like wow thank you uh, 
in that way, I'm very like collective culture, uh, like Asian culture, mm -hmm. very much. It's like every piece is necessary. Um, yeah, what fulfills me is having work, not necessarily having a vocation or tuning into that vocation. That's like patting myself on the back for getting my radio to work. Right? It's like, yeah. <laughs> the radio works. It's like, I just have to tune it in. It's like, good job, William, you tuned the radio. Uh, no, like, I think other things fulfill and inspire me. Like, feeling needed from the folk, uh, that fulfills me. Like, I'm, I'm a character in my story that I need to feel needed. Um, if no one needs me, then I'm just like, well, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm of no use. Uh, I could start, you know, tuning the radio again if I'm of no use here, you know, I get the radio and I tune it in and I see where that next call is coming from. And if there is no call, then <laughs> tune back into the loneliness episode and <laughs> 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 find out about some of that. Uh, yeah, I do think it, it moves and changes uh, because you're, you're a servant. Like, you're an aware being, like, your nature of, as Druid, is you're a being who's aware of that which is around you, your community, your families, your families that make up that community, and you're going to be called to do different things, like, you're a servant. Sometimes a servant has to come here and carry this tray, sometimes a servant has to come here and fix this thing, sometimes a servant has to come here and can you make sure we get to the wherever. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely hear you on the changing vocation mm -hmm. and, and things really shifting just depending on what what experiences and what circumstances are out there or who's in front of you yeah or who's in front of you yeah I think I tried like one of my one of my big practices and it's, and it's hard sometimes is to is to keep a boundary between vocation and work and calling as work like what you're called to do is not necessarily what you're doing for work I mean, most people can attest to something like that, you know? Yeah. Like, I am called to blah, 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 and I got my degree in woo-woo and everything else, and I'm not working in woo-woo, I'm working in uh-oh, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's my work, you know? And I have to find as much woo-woo as I can in uh-oh uh, to make it kind of okay, and that's not what vocation is. Like, your vocation is like this passionate song that you shouldn't be able to turn off the radio that's your calling. Like, you could try to shut the radio off, but then it's one of those earworm songs that gets stuck in your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and as, as somebody who, who works for the man, so to speak, um, in a soul-sucking desk job, my work and what I do every day to pay the bills is not priesting. <laughs> um, and priesting, whatever form priesting is going to take it's going to this amorphous thing right now right now it looks like priesting is going to be some kind of parish priesting local ministry church building thing um which is not surprising to anybody who knows me and the work that i do in houston but at the same time like that could totally change and things have been kind of weird since ordination so you know we'll see um that's that's what I'm trying to figure out. Meanwhile, I wake up every day at eight o'clock and go to work. Um, and that is a separate thing. And I do those things because I need to eat mm -hmm. and I do the vocation because that's, that's spiritual food mm -hmm. without both. I think you are, you, you do yourself a disservice mm -hmm. and some people are lucky enough to have both right. in one thing that they do. Um, but most of us as pagan priests don't get paid. Don't get paid. To work in their vocation. So, so we, we have a vocation and then we have a job. Yeah, I also think there is sometimes danger in having your vocation be your job. Yeah. 
because you that's that's a good recipe for burnout unless you're really careful because if you're putting all of your energy all of your eggs in that basket and everything into that work if you're not if you're not careful and if you don't balance other parts into your life i think that's a way that you can get burnout and it doesn't necessarily have to be like other work that you're doing to balance you out but some people get so hyper focused on doing the work of their vocation that they forget to like balance with their social life or balance mm -hmm. with their family life and and if they if they don't do that then the vocation will fry them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very true. Which, like anything, I mean, work-life balance, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, but I, I, th I think sometimes it's especially hard when it's your vocation because that's such a passion. And, right. and, you, and it's a huge burden of responsibility that you have. So it's not right. like, if I don't do this, I can't eat. It's like, if I don't do this, I'm not fulfilling my life purpose. Yeah. And you forget things like food and friends and family. Yeah, because this is what I have to do, and it's sure. burdened with glorious purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I think I think your vocation is definitely a thing that you need to accept that it will flow and change. Mm -hmm. um, I think we need to give each other space to let their vocation grow and change, including and, folks who are not called to pastoral work and who wants to be temple priests and tend the fire. I think people that is a called, that's yeah. a vocation yeah, as well. Are, people who are called to feed the fire and to and to commune with the kindreds and bring other people to into relationship with the kindreds and that's what is their passion. That we have to have space for all of it. And I, I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's there are more vocations than there are priests. Yes. And I and that is that is beautiful. Thanks for listening, and there's more to come. We welcome your ideas and questions. If there's something that you'd like to hear us discuss in a future episode, please drop us a line at druidsincars at threecranes.org. If you would like to donate, you can do so at threecranes.org slash donate. Druids in Cars Going to Festivals is a production of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. Learn more about our grove at threecranes.org and more about druidry at ADF.org. As always, keep circulating the tapes and let us pray with a good